We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at Irish Breakdown. And right over there is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at Irish Breakdown. And let's get the most important piece of information out there right off the bat. Brian has seriously outclassed (laughs) me in the background category. Uh, very impressive, sir. With well, the the fat head, the flag. I some, mean, somebody said wow. you look like you were in lockup, so I had to kind of spice <laughs> it up a little bit. So, uh, but even High more important, lockup. even more important is the fact that it is game week. Yeah, you know, baby. I feel like that scene at the beginning of Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. Like that's me. It's game week. So let's get rocking and rolling, Vince. I'm Love so it. so fired up. So fired up. It's uh, game week. Notre Dame kicks off the season on Sunday. Against Florida State, traveling on the road, big and opener for the Irish, and yeah, we're here to cover it all, man. So uh, we have a lot, lot going on for you, not just today, but all week, everybody. No question, absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited about what we got going on. Yeah, so let's let's in, in case people weren't in before, uh, we want to talk about kind of what our game week schedule is going to look like. So uh, from here on out, Mondays, we're going to kind of we will recap Brian Kelly's press conference because that's at noon. Yeah, John, game mm-hmm. week, baby. Uh, Brian Kelly's press conference is at noon. We come on at 1230. We'll recap the press conference, any news and notes that may have come out. Uh, and then we will talk about the college football landscape as it mm-hmm. was uh, this past weekend or the weekend prior to that Monday. Uh, so we will do that today. And some weeks are going to be more entertaining than others. Like next Monday will probably be more entertaining than what we're going to talk about from this past And weekend. that's fair because there's a ton of big games on uh, over this weekend. Uh, and then Tuesday is what we're we are going to uh, start a new uh, a new series. I guess is the best way to put it, right? Uh, what are we calling that again, Brian? Going to be it's basically it's stacking up. It's stacking it's, up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's our stacking yeah. up series. So the first on Tuesdays we will do Notre Dame's offense and how it stacks up against the opponent's defense. It'll be statistics. Then, it'll be correct. matchups. It'll be depth chart, and then we say like who has the advantage in those areas. So it's like rush defense, right. pass defense. Scoring defense against the other offense, and then you know we'll go Notre Dame offense one day, and then was it Wednesday? We'll do the Notre Dame defense and how that matches up. Absolutely, and then Thursday will be our predictions day, our, our kind of our preview for 
you know, what is coming up for Notre Dame. Yep. And then fr- Friday, you know, you know what Friday is, Brian. I tried to change it. I wanted to do something different. And Vince was like, no bueno. We're doing Not mailbag. Happening. So we got to have we're, it. We're going to do the mailbag on Friday. Right. Thursday's game prediction won't be just us showing up and saying, okay, Notre Dame 35. <laughs> you know, we'll get into, you know, we'll give our predictions, but we'll also do like, what are the keys to the game? You know, what are the matchups we'll be looking at? Absolutely. You know, any final, just final thoughts analysis you know, of the game yeah. yeah yep and so and then friday's the mailbag saturday since obviously this week is a little bit different yeah. we won't have a show on saturday i don't believe uh mm-hmm. but uh normally saturday will be a reaction show it's it'll be, it'll be a post game show yep an hour ish you know yeah. after the game depending on you know logistics for brian it's and about i how quick we can get home <laughs> yes that's what it boils down to that is correct so <laughs> That'll be the Saturday show. And then Sunday, uh, we will have, upon further review, uh, after Brian and I have had a chance to kind of watch some film and dive a little bit deeper into, uh, you know, what the game was. And so we'll have that show probably Sunday evening. And then we start up again on Monday. So we're going to have seven shows a week uh, is basically what it comes down to. And sometimes maybe more, depending on how things go. We will have a... Uh, college football playoff uh, show once they start bringing those out on yep. Tuesday nights. And that'll be like right after. That'll right. Be, like you know, immediately. So that'll be Tuesday nights right after. Yep. yep. And I, I also want to put out there that on Mondays and Fridays is when we're kind of kind of do the Q&A. So, yeah, so let's, let's address this, Vince. So I just yeah. want to let people know. So like all summer we've been doing the podcast, then we just do Q&A, and we've had like this, we're going to answer every question out there kind of thing. The reality, however, is now that we're in season, we just don't have the time to be doing three-hour shows every day, as right. much as I love doing it. But, you know, I've right. got film to break down. We've got all these different things going on. Vince is in school, so he can't be there for the whole thing anyway. So, But we also don't want to get rid of Q&As. We right. want to be able to still do those. So we're figuring out how can we best make it work. So we're going to have Q&As on Monday, and then we'll have the the open the mailbag on Friday. If there's a question or a comment you want to get in during the week between those, obviously you can do a super chat, but we're not like pushing super chats. We're just saying like, no. look, we just don't have time to do the Q&A. Right. And so, you know, save your questions, write them down, you know, for, for Fridays. And then, and then, of course, we'll also have, uh, after the game on Saturday, we'll definitely do a yeah, Q and A yeah. on Saturday. Absolutely, we're, we're we'll see how Sunday goes. I think we're open to kind of a Q and A a little bit on Sunday, but again, that can't be like a three hour show. It right. it just comes down to because I'm going to be putting out grades for all eight position group: you know, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, O line, D line, linebacker, secondary. We got film to break down. We're going to have this really cool films film breakdown. Uh, feature that we're going to have on the on the uh, message board only, so it's going to be for people that are just on the message board, uh, and you know, so we've got a lot a lot going on, but there's just more content coming out during the season, obviously, which makes it harder to do you know three hours. Yeah. So as much as we enjoy them, and y'all know we I do. love to talk, <laughs> you know, we just we had to kind of <clears throat> streamline some of these things. Yeah. So that's going to be the case. So that's what our new in-season schedule is going to look like. And we're kind of making up for that by saying, well, we're going to have more shows now. So we're actually going to, at the end of the day, we're really only going to have one fewer Q&A than we right. normally that's have. Because normally we have five shows a week and we do Q&A for all five of them. Well, we still plan on having at least three, probably four Q&As. It's just going to be a little bit different. So we're actually doing seven shows a week. And that's how... You know, that's why I feel like, OK, we can we can get away from it on some of the shows, uh, you yeah. know, that way. So, yep, absolutely. So today is our normal Monday show for game week. We are going to discuss Brian Kelly's press conference. 
some news came out. Uh, if anybody ha- w- was following anything uh, w- with that, but the biggest news, Brian, is that Maris Leofile or Leofile is out for the season. Yeah, which yeah, is that was disappointing news. Yeah, yeah, very, very disappointing news. Very disappointing. You know, as I said last week, it was kind of interesting. I was getting information from all over the place. You know, when we first reported that he was out. It was, we were told season ending, but we wanted to let it play out. Then I had a couple of people tell me, oh, it's not going to be as long. It may only be four weeks, which I didn't necessarily buy either. Right. So let's just wait till Kelly's PC. And then he announced today he's out for the year. So, uh, and it was a break in his leg, not a break in his foot was the other thing he cleared up, which is actually for long term is actually better. Because, yeah, I always get nervous when, you know, you know how I am about foot injuries, Vince. Oh, yeah. So in some regard, yeah, in some regards, I this is this is a positive for his future. It's just really bad for his season. And uh, of course, we'll talk about you know we'll get into the depth chart aspect of that. But it just is disappointing for Maris because this is a kid that just gives you everything he has, and he was really breaking out according to people I was talking to. Really breaking out, like was going to be one of their top defensive players. Right. You said he looked great in the. So this is a big loss. Yeah, it's a huge loss. I, he had really taken that will position and made it his own. And look, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about J.D. Bertrand or, or Shane Simon necessarily, but Maris took just such a leap forward uh, that he just had a stranglehold on that starting position and it was every man for himself behind him. And now things kind of go get get shuffled up again. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the depth chart in a, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, losing Maris is is a huge blow. Uh, there's talent at the will and we may see some guys moving around a little bit more. Uh, but that's a huge loss for this defense because he was going to he was the perfect fit for what Marcus Freeman wants to do with his linebackers. Just just disruptive yeah. and, you know, and, and all of that. And, and he would have been a great fit. So disappointing for sure. Uh if there's a silver lining, obviously it's the fact that it was the leg. Also the fact that this happened during fall camp. So they've had an opportunity to make some adjustments. Two weeks. Yeah. I mean, two whole weeks to number one, get your, whoever's going to start in there. And that's going to be JD Bertrand, according to the depth chart. We'll get into the depth chart, but we'll talk specifically about this. But number one, I just want to encourage people. I say this every year and I hope that y'all listen to me. Do not put a lot of stock in the depth chart. We've (laughs) seen this time and time again, guys that they list as starters don't start. Brock Wright was the starter all last year at tight end. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and and like they got Ramon Henderson as being bigger than Cam Hart on the depth chart, right? They got Houston Griffith as a fifth-year senior, a graduate. He's not, you know, I mean, he's a graduate, but he's not. He's a senior. Uh, just and, and these aren't meant to be like, okay, this is exactly how it's going to play out. Just I, I, we say this every year, but you know, there there's like what was the position there was like an or all year last year, and like the ors never started. <laughs> Yeah. I forget what it was. I forget too. But so yeah, yeah. just, just, I mean, it's 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 good to have, right? It's a good baseline to have. But it's not like okay, that's out on Monday, and that's how it's going to be on Saturday. Changes happen. Some guys may say, hey, you know what? This guy had a great week of practice. He's going to play more. That's how football is, right? It's but right. they need to do. I, I pre look. There's a lot of schools going away from even putting depth charts out. So I greatly appreciate the fact that Notre Dame still does this. And so this isn't a criticism of Notre Dame. This is just depth charts are fluid things. Right. Okay. And they're not like this perfect thing where, okay, no matter no matter what, this is how it is. They're locked into it. And it's not Brian Kelly sitting down, walking from, you know, go putting this, walking from office to office to make sure, okay, Tommy, let's go over this. Is this at, you know what I mean? 
it's not that it's never been that it's a great resource right, but it's right. not something where we, it's gonna it should create a lot of panic we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so uh, so so Maris is out. That's the biggest news that came from the press conference. Let's also talk about the fact that this is the first time we've heard Brian Kelly talk about the whole Marcus Freeman is mm-hmm. the next head coach. I'm going to let you kind of take this one, Brian. Uh, I'll let, I'm just – I'm. Here's a here's the softball for you. Go. Yeah, you know he was asked about it, and I, I'm I'm surprised it took as long into the press conference as it did for him to actually be asked about it. I Me figured it'd be something that people would ask about early, and I think it says a lot about the Notre Dame beat that the people that are actually, you know, professionals didn't like run with this thing, right? Like some of the fan sites did, and some of the people that you know. Uh, don't cover the team on a day-to-day basis because we all knew this is why we tried to kind of throw some cold water on this when it came out. So like, yeah, he could have been talking about that, but most likely was talking about something else. And that's what Brian Kelly said that he was doing. It was, they were talking about race in America as we, and it was more about, he's going to be the next black head coach is what he said. He wasn't talking about Notre Dame and he made sure to make that clear. Now, again, that doesn't mean that Marcus Freeman isn't going to be the next head coach. Right. In it, th- that's to be determined. It, it, it was that's not what Brian Kelly was saying. And I don't think this is Brian Kelly slipping up and then having to walk it back. I don't think that's what this is. I, I, I just, again, this is what, like Vince said, do you really think Brian Kelly's going to break that news at a golf outing in June or whenever that was? Right. You know, wearing a pink shirt and talking about race in America. He's just going to, oh, by the way, it's a great time to let everybody know that Marcus Freeman is going to be the next head coach in Notre Dame. That's not what it was. No. So he, he was he able to clear that up, and it's kind of what we thought it was going to be. So, right. Yeah. So there you go. You heard it here first. Uh, we we didn't heard it here it, first, but well, you, you heard some rational thought here. Let's just put yeah. it that way. And, but but uh, I'll give a I'll give credit. So so I don't I didn't I don't read a lot of other sites, but I did reach out to some people to say, hey, you know, are you guys actually covering this? And everybody was, you know, kind of the the people that do this that that uh, to me on a more. And I'm not trying to be too insulting of some people. There are some sites I'm trying to insult. Uh, one in particular, uh, but. Most of the people kind of handled it sort of brashly, but that's what happens right. in this Twitter age, right? Like something, exactly. something comes up that was said like a month or two ago. I mean, he clearly wasn't. It's not like Brian Kelly left the middle of fall camp, went to some golf outing, you know. In the can, you know, this is something that happened months ago, and it resurfaces because they aired it on the golf channel. Somebody saw it, and then it just spreads like wildfire, and then people who live on social media turn it into a thing that it wasn't, and that's just the nature of of social media but again this doesn't mean he won't be the next head coach it just means that that's that's a to be determined thing 
yeah, if and when Brian Kelly decides to announce that Marcus Freeman is his is his you know successor, right? Mm-hmm. It won't be on the Golf Channel. Number one, yes. it won't be in a roundtable discussion. Number two, and there'll be a heck of a lot more pomp and circumstance surrounding it. Right, and it won't um, be an add-in amongst a bunch of other right. things that he was saying. Right, and that's and, the and, point that he made in the press. Right. And he's like, "Look, I was talking about how we had a, you know, uh, this person was a minority, and this person, you know, he talked about Kenny Lonergan as a woman, and all this kind of stuff. And it was just like, oh, and by the way, Marcus Freeman's the next head coach of Notre Dame, right? Uh, that, that, yeah, it just it made no sense from a context standpoint." Yep. I get, but I get the excitement that people had because there's a lot sure. of people fired up about Marcus Freeman, and I get it. But just that wasn't that wasn't absolutely the, that wasn't absolutely. It. All right, so we got that covered. Uh, so let's talk depth chart, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, since that came out of the the uh, press conference today, uh, we did anything? have a question. We had have a question about cool. it. So let's just kind of because this is kind of relevant to that, and this is what we will do from time to time. We'll pull up some questions and. That irrelevant. Nick Mayer says, uh, was it a surprise to the IB crew that the rover position looks like it's going to be a by committee or a situational group? Uh, no, we've been talking about this all summer. Jack Kaiser's the starter. I don't put a lot of stock in the oars. We've I've I mentioned this before. The, the tight end last year was or all year, right? And we know who the top tight ends were. So no, we we've said all along they're gonna play lots of different guys. They just are. They're going to play – Jack Kaiser is going to be the starter. They're going to play Isaiah Pryor. They're going to play Paul Moala. We've been talking about this. They're going to play Shane Simon. They're going to play Bo Bauer. There's – you know, Brian, Marcus Freeman has said it's not even a one or two. or It's a 1A, 1B, which that would kind of put everybody as sort of an or. Right. Uh, and and I'm good with that. I can dig that. So I, I'm not surprised by Nick, and, and I don't think this means that Jack Kaiser's not playing well or not going to be the guy. It just means kind of what we've said for a while, which is they're all going to have their roles – on this de- and on this defense and a rover, the question's going to be the thing that we don't know the answer to. Nick is who's going to be that guy when it matters most, right? And that's true at a lot of positions, not just rover. Yeah, I'm curious who that's going to be at Mike. Who's that going to be at Will? Who's that going to be at field corner? Who's that going to be in the nickel? Who's that going to be, you know, at the at, at different spots? You know, Viper. You know, those type of things. Sure. That was another thing, too. It's kind of looking at the depth chart. They did have Justin Adamiola listed ahead of Jordan Patojo. Shane Simon was the number two Will linebacker with J.D. Bertrand as the number one Will linebacker, which kind of fits with what we've been hearing. And that was an interesting one, Vince. I was actually curious about whether or not they would actually put J.D. as the number one Will. I was Considering too. Shane was the starter last year. Right. And there's not an or there either, which they mm-hmm. could have very easily done. Uh, if they wanted, they could have put Shane first, put an or next to JD. Uh, you know, th- that could have very easily been done, and it wasn't. And that that is a little bit telling to me, uh, that the gap is a little bit wider than than maybe people had thought that it yeah. was. JD uh, earned that job, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And good for him. I and that's what look, that's what we saw in, in the two practices that we were at, full practices. There was a gap, and JD was much better. Um, and so I, I think they did it correctly. You, you know, he earned that spot and that's great. I have no mm-hmm. problem with that whatsoever. Uh, yeah. I will say I was a little surprised at the or at Rover, but again, Brian, it doesn't mean I wasn't anything. expecting it. I, I mean, it, right. I don't want and, it to come across like I expected there to be ors. I'm not saying right. that. I, I, right. I hope that didn't come across that way. No, and I, 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 I predicted that there'd be ores. That's not what I was <laughs> right. saying. No, I, right. I, I'm, I'm not saying that. And correct me if I'm wrong. You, you have you study this stuff a lot closer than I do as far as depth charts and such. 
Is this the first time that they've gone three deep on the defensive side with some of these guys? No, they've had three deeps at positions before. It varies from year to year. Because they got uh, three deep, the entire defensive line. Is well, three sort deep. of. They have the same guy at the third, at the nose tackle and defensive tackle, I believe. That's true. It's Jacob Lazy. Yeah, you're Correct. right. Correct. So yep. uh, it's not it's not technically a, a three deep, in my opinion. But Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that they're going to be doing a lot of rotating this year. Yeah, I do too. You know, we've talked about that. And so I fully anticipate there being, you know, a lot of guys playing. I mean, you look at the big end. I don't, I, I think that, you know, you want to have Jordan Patejo in there, right? If he's going to play that, I, that was something I found telling too, because if the, if he wasn't going to play in the opener, I, I don't think they would have put him as the, number I agree with that as well. Yeah, I agree. With so that. any talk about him potentially being suspended, I I think that for me was the first sign of okay, I don't think he's going to be suspended, meaning he's not going to play. I still think he'll play. Uh, I think at big end, it's it's look. I don't think Nana's the two. I think it's Nana and Aaronsberger are both going to kind of have a chance to play. And I'm curious to see if we're going to see Riley Mills there, mm-hmm. which I think that we will. But you know, then they only had one other third three deep one, and that was at Rover. Right. So I, I think, look, I think we're going to see them play three deep on the defensive line this year, Vince, especially early yeah. in the year. Yep. And, and also, agree. too, if you're Notre Dame, you do not want to leave a player like Jacob Lacey out of your depth chart. I, 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 I know that this some people may not view this as a big deal. I think it is. I, I think if you're a kid like Jacob Lacey and the two deep comes out or the, the depth chart comes out and you're not even on it, I'd be a little bothered by that. I'm not going to sure. lie to you. Because, because again, he's going to play. He's going to play probably a decent amount, and he's going to be a key part of this football team. And so, you want to make sure that you're 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 giving him that that do that love. So, yeah, I, I again, I could be wrong, but that's how I. That's fair. That's how I view it. On the offensive side, there's we have one or, and that's at tight end mm-hmm. uh, between George Takis and Kevin Bauman, which I think is interesting. I think that George is the run guy. And I think Kevin might be the pass guy. Uh, and I'm not saying that George Takis can't go out there and catch passes because we've seen him do it. Or that Kevin Bauman can't block. Right. right. What I'm saying is Takis is noticeably bigger and stronger than Kevin Bauman is on this day. Right. Mm-hmm. When I saw those guys running through some individual drill work, uh, it, it's clear that Mayer and Takis are the two big, strong you know, mules for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and Bauman's a little bit more of a pass catcher as far as his, the way his right. body's made up. Right. So, yep. um, so yeah, I'm interested to see kind of what that rotation looks like. That's the one or that's on there. And then, uh, Hey, Lorenzo styles, jr. Made it on the two deep, uh, a nope, freshman wide receiver junior. Sorry. You're right. Lorenzo styles. I read it off of the sheet because Notre Dame has yes. junior, but that is incorrect. Uh, and I'm I just going by what his mama said. Well, and guess what? I always <laughs> listen. <to mama. laughs> yeah, I was going to say I listen that. To mine, I listen to I listen to mama's. So right. she said yeah. it's not junior. Yes, absolutely. So. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me on the offensive side was that, and, and maybe this isn't a huge deal, but Sebo is listed as the third running back, which I expected. Uh, but I was curious to see if if they would name one of the three, one of the two freshmen as that third back. But I am in no way surprised that it's that it's Sebo. Um, and, I would and have so, been shocked if they did. Yeah, but again, I want to see how it actually plays out when we get sure. to the game because I have heard a lot about Logan Dix and not yes. just like the typical, 
you know, but I mean, even there was a clip that he put out the other day from practice where he rips off a long run and he's, he's in there. Um, I mean, he, I, I'm like, Kevin Austin was on the field. Jack Cohn was on the field. Kane Madden was on. I'm like, Oh, that's a starting offense. Yeah, That's the ones. And, and, uh, you know, so I think I think they're I think we're going to see all those backs play at some point in time this year. I, I do. I think they're all going to have a role and they're all going to play. But you know, again, I how do I say this? I think there's there's some people at Notre Dame that would like to see Sebo get beat out. There are other people at Notre Dame, and I think the boss is one of them that really likes Sebo. Yeah, because he runs yeah. hard. Sure, uh, but he's not the sexiest back or the flashiest back or whatever. But but the, the, he said, "Look, if Sebo didn't have a good camp, he wouldn't be the third back." Sure, you know. Oh yeah, as right. simple as that. So right. it, that just says a lot about this depth chart at running back. It Absolutely. is it is as deep as it's been in a long time at Notre Dame. Very now, long time. Now, the last thing I want to bring up for me uh, from the depth chart, because I just want to get everybody fired up uh, in the chat. Is oh, that... I know where you're going. <laughs> I know where you're going. I knew you were going to bring this up. I know exactly where you're going. How could I not? How could I not? Uh, first, <laughs> punt returner. We all knew who was going to be the punt returner. It's Matt Salerno. Uh, but there is an uh, or with Lawrence Keys, so yeah. I will say that. Kick return is where it gets funny to me, um, or funky, I guess. Uh, kick returner Chris Tyree is listed as one. Of course, there's always two kick returners. Brian, guess who the number two is? Guess who the number two kick returner is? Go ahead. Matt Salerno. Mm-hmm. Matt Salerno is your number two kick returner, which means he's a number one kick returner because there's two guys out there. The now, here, here's the interesting thing about that, Vince, is people are going to get like all in their feelings oh. about the punt returner. And I trust me, I get it. But I think the fact that he's back there on kick return two speaks to what you've been saying about Matt Salerno. And I'm being serious now. Like we're yeah, having fun with the, too. we're having some fun with the punt return thing because we just it, it's fun to you know because yes I enjoy those topics that people get fired up about. I have those topics where it's like sure. you, you bring this topic up and I'm just going to get fired up about it, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but but in all seriousness, the fact that he's back there as a kick returner also speaks that they they think this kid's a pretty good athlete. They think Correct. this kid can play. Um, I, I still have a hard time believing that of all the athletes you have on your football team, he's the best guy for that job. Sure. That's no disrespect to Matt Salerno, but they clearly view him as a, a really athletic player. Uh, right. I just, I'm sorry. I just, I have a hard time with that. Like of all the guys you've recruited to Notre Dame that are skill players that you can get the football to Matt Salerno's the best I mean, punt returner and I think second best kick returner on your, on your football if, team. If you gave me the roster, and I got to pick who the return men were going to be. And let's say kick return, right? And I, I just I just put them out there in order of who I think would do a really good job at kick return, right? Matt would be probably in the top 10, but the bottom half of the top 10, right? Um, and so, so it's very interesting to me that he's made it the top two uh, in kick returner, and he's the top one in punt return. I mean, again – He's an athlete. He made some great catches in in the game in the the practices that we were at. He he's he's a good football player. He really is. But this isn't, you know, a few years ago where they didn't have as many options to put back there. Right. They have options, in my opinion. Now, right. I, it's the safe option if we're being honest. He is the it. safe option. But here here's my hope. I hope he goes out there and he gets a couple good returns. And there's some people out there that okay. 
that's okay. Let's get two nine back there catching some kicks and, and running it off and doing some things. Look, I, I think that if they allow him to return, okay, and that's the big if, right? If they allow him to return some some kicks, whether it's punts, kick returns, whatever, I think he's going to surprise some people. This now, is who? You're talking about Salerno? Yeah, I'm talking about Salerno. I think he's going to surprise some people. Now, would I have him back there? No, I would have other people back there. But since he's there, if they let him return some kicks, I think he's going to surprise some people in a good way. I mean, yeah, I think I think people just think he's just going to fair catch, and I think he's going right. to he's going right. to have a couple nice returns. I, I get what you're saying. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just I, I stand by what I said. I just have a hard time with this football team with all the athletes you've re- recruited at receiver and DB right. and I'm running back. That Matt Salerno is your your best option. I just there's some great comments already. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, I bet. Um, looking through the depth chart, Vince, I, I I didn't really see anything else that stood out to me. Not really. Uh, you know, you look at the offensive line; it's what we expected. It did see Rocco Spindler as the backup left guard, so uh, again, not a shocker. Michael Carmody at left tackle, Tosh Baker at right tackle. Uh, Tyler Buckner was listed on the depth chart, which I thought was interesting. He was the third quarterback. There was only one position or two positions on the entire offense where they listed a third guy. It was running back, as you mentioned, with Sebo. And then Tyler Buckner. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yes. Um, looking at the the secondary, you had Ramon Henderson as the backup boundary cornerback with Cam Hart. You had Tariq Bracey was a backup field corner. They went strong safety, free safety. We'll see how that pans out. Um, but you had Kyle Hamilton as the free. Houston Griffith is the strong. We'll see. I don't know why they do that because unless because it's they don't play strong and free. They play field and boundary. Right, it's just that, yeah. That's I thought that was kind be. of interesting. Yeah, and, and then of course the snapper is still Michael Vinson, which is a, a pretty interesting deal considering they have a. Usually they put a guy on scholarship as a snapper and he takes over as a redshirt freshman, but that's not been the case with Alex Peitch. He's still the backup, even though he's on scholarship. He's still the backup snapper. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought that was pretty yes. interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I was not anticipating seeing Alexander Ehrensberger on a two deep by his sophomore season. I thought it would take him a little bit of time. I'm I'm very curious to see if he's going to get a chance to play this year, Vince. Yeah. Because the thing that – he is a big athletic kid. I mean, he's 6'7". I mean, it says 6'6 six, yeah. six and 7 eighths. I'm going mm-hmm. to give him 6'7". Um, he's just a – he's a massive human and just long and – he can mm-hmm. disrupt some things, and he did in, in, in the practice that we saw, specifically the second one. Mm-hmm. He was disrupting some things, you know, and you get that big, long body in there, man, you, and, and he's athletic as all get out. Well, we so, remember what he did when he actually got into a game last year. Yeah. Well, that's that looked right. like a, you know, he, he made South Florida look pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it was their backups, right? Sure. But still. But, it but was, still. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be very interesting to see. So, all right, so uh, Vince, let's you want to talk a little bit about college this past weekend? I don't think there's we a can. ton to discuss. I mean, no, not really. Horrible loss for Nebraska. I mean, really bad loss, ugly loss too. It wasn't even like Illinois played great; just an ugly loss. And they got Oklahoma coming up soon, right? Like in two weeks, they have Oklahoma. That it's not going to get any easier for Nebraska. This is a game they needed, Vince, because if you look at their schedule. They play Fordham and Buffalo wins. Then they play at Oklahoma, at Michigan State. They also have home road games at Minnesota, at Wisconsin. Then they have home games against Northwestern, Michigan, Purdue, Ohio State, and Iowa. Yeah. If you can't beat Illinois, right? there's a lot of losable games on that schedule. Well, and 
they knocked out the starting quarterback for Illinois yeah. early yeah. on, early on. Yep. And some guy named Arthur Sitkowski comes in, goes 12 of 15. Now, he was a kind of highly scores. ranked recruit that played at IMG, and he started He started in the Big Ten. He was a starting quarterback at Rutgers, but he got beat out right. at Rutgers. Right. And IU, or and Illinois as well. Yeah, he was the backup right, coming in. Right. But um, but yeah, you you knock out the starting quarterback in the first you know the first game of the season. You would think that that would be a benefit to you, uh, yeah. but Nebraska just kept digging themselves hole after hole after hole, and it was it was ugly, frankly. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, it was ugly. Oh, that's that was that. UCLA impressed me. I thought their run game was outstanding. Uh, Zach Charbonnet and Britton Brown, who I wrote about in the preseason on the message board, they're my they're that, they're the, my sleeper team. They got a really good offensive line coming back. Uh, they've got a really good one-two punch at running back, decent receivers. Hawaii stinks. That was part of it too. I'm gonna tell yeah. you this right now. I, I'm all about UCLA, but if Dorian Thompson Robinson doesn't play better than he did against Hawaii, they're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, he, he was missing fifty percent. Like, Oh, and it and the misses were bad. It yeah. wasn't like he had like six drops. I mean, he was just missing like wide open dudes, just throwing bullets when he needed touch. He hasn't gr- developed the way that I'd hoped he would as a passer. He's going to be the key to them breaking out this year. If he if he plays like he did on Saturday, they're seven and five, eight and four team at best. If he can say that this was just first game jitters, had to shake off the rust, he's going to be fine. Then they got a chance to win. You know, maybe nine, nine or you know maybe even 10 in the pack 12 because it's going to be a really competitive league and there's always that one team that can kind of just win three or four of those really close games and it's the difference between six and six and ten and two sure you know and that's why i'm i think this is gonna be a fun year i'm gonna watch all i'm gonna tell you this right now vince i'm gonna watch a lot of pack 12 football this year that is going to be a really super competitive league there's no great teams in that league but it is there's because i mean oregon state can can knock off just about anybody on any sure. saturday you know, Arizona is going to be a little better this year, although they they still – I mean, it's going to be a fun competitive league this year. I'm looking forward to it. How how important do you think uh, next week's UCLA game against uh, LSU is? Oh, huge. It, yeah. Well, it's, it's huge for UCLA practically. They just got to be competitive in this game, right? Like a close loss can give you confidence against a team that won a championship, uh, you know, two, two seasons ago. Right. But for the Pac-12 as a whole – this is huge. They got to win this game. The Pac-12 is going to have three, just off the top of my head, there may be a couple more, but three huge chances to make some noise this year. Huge okay. chances. This is one of them. And they're all going to happen early. So this week you have LSU and UCLA. LSU goes out to the Rose Bowl. Huge mm-hmm. opportunity for the Pac-12 to win a big time, a big, get a big time win. Then in week two, Oregon travels to Ohio State. Ohio State's going to be breaking in a brand new quarterback. Oregon's got a lot of guys coming back. That's a, right. that, the the fact that Ohio State has that new quarterback. He's going to get a you know he's going to get a tune up this week against Minnesota. That's going to be an interesting game. And then the other one is Washington against Michigan. Neither team is that great. It's at Michigan, so those are going to be three early season opportunities for the Pac-12 to go make some serious noise and say, hey, you guys can dismiss us at your own peril. Uh, and and because one of the things that people will say is, and I actually agree with this, you know, people dismiss the Pac-12 because it doesn't have a great team in it. 
the problem when USC was dominating the Pac-12 was it was USC and a bunch of nothing. Yeah, a bunch of nothing. Then Oregon came along, and it was USC and Oregon. Then Stanford came along. But when Stanford came along, USC stopped, started stinking. Right. And then it was kind of Oregon. And, and, and it's been a kind of a – early in the 2010s, it was like a real – in the late 2000s, it was a, it was a top-heavy league. What I like about the Pac-12 now is is there's no great teams, but there's a lot of good depth and there's a lot of competitive teams. And people mistake that for not a good conference because there's no right. top-heavy teams. That's why I think the Big 12 consistently gets disrespected. Uh, the ACC, it, you know, it has, to me, that's where the ACC's got to get better. They've got to get the middle-of-the-road team's got to get better, the, you know, where they've been real top-heavy, you know, Clemson at the top. So – to me, I think the Pac-12 has a chance to say, hey, look, you've disrespected us. You've dismissed us. We're a much better team than you think, or a conference than you think. And they've won – I mean, Pac-12's won a lot of games non-conference in recent years. They just haven't been able to beat the Ohio States, the LSUs, right. the Michigans. That's the opportunity that the Pac-12 has early in the season. And that's another reason I cannot wait for this weekend, Vince. So – those were the two big games that were over the weekend. You don't want to talk UConn, Fresno State. No, I, I, uh, I do. I do. Okay. UConn okay. needs to go to FCS. They need to go back to FCS. They yeah. are an absolute joke of a program. It's, it's kind of sad. It's, I mean, this is a team that went to a Fiesta Bowl a little over a decade ago. They're awful. I mean, they're awful. They, 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 they shouldn't be an FBS team. They, they need to go to FCS. I mean, it, it was – they're bad. Yeah, they're really I, just saw, I just saw highlights of that game the other, you know, I think it was yesterday. And it was it was like they it was like Fresno State was doing team takeoff. Like, yes. you know, it was like they were going up against air. Yes. Um, I mean, it was it was very, very sad to see. I mean, guys just running wide open uh, guy guys from I mean, and we're talking Fresno State. It's not like we're talking bulls for touchdowns. Like, didn't yeah, they have a block just, kick in the game? It's just like, oh, my God. And they're ugly. super small. Yeah. Like, yeah. they look like a mediocre FCS team. And, and this yeah. isn't a disrespect to FCS because there's some FCS teams that could yes. knock off bowl teams. I mean, we've seen that with North Dakota State. Montana's had some games like that. It was Jacksonville State almost beat Auburn a few years ago. App State had a couple, you know, nice wins. We've seen – like William and Mary and James Madison upset some ACC teams. It's just that you can't do it week after week after week. Right. If UConn's going to survive as a, they need to get rid of football or go back to FCS because what they're doing right now, it's like UMass is even looking at them like, whoo, boy, this guy stick. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's pretty bad, you know? So they're, they're not good, Vince. I mean, they, the, the, their starting quarterback was, was 50%. For sixty-one yards, sixty-one. He has a two point five. State a two point five yard average. Two point five. Okay. Look, and Fresno's a decent Mountain West team. Don't get me wrong, but come on, it's still Fresno State. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I'm looking at the box score, and of course, there's a highlight running on the right hand side, and it's the eighty-six yard touchdown, and literally. There's one guy running, and there's like six white jerseys just kind of all over him, and they're not even close. I mean, it's just like they're toying with him. It's it's embarrassing is what it is. But anyway. Okay, we can move on past that now. Please, thank (laughs) you. We can get to some questions.
tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.